This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you like more information about what you hear during the show today, feel free to give us a call for our callers in Wisconsin. Our phone number is 262-729-4128. For those in Illinois, our number is 815-331-8096. And you can also visit us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. Kramer is spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. Or you can also go on to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to listen to our past podcasts. And also on our website under the radio tab, you can click and see all of our various shows. So our our topic today is Tony. Uh, Tony Shore, by the way, is our co-host. Let's say hi to Tony, everyone. Well, hey, I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show, and I'm excited to be here. Um, it's cold. <laughs> I can it's tell freezing. you that. Yeah. Other than the cold, I've had a great week, and I've managed to keep busy, that's for sure, indoors. Let's, uh, I'm not going outside for anything. No. Let me just put it that way. So how about you? Have you been keeping out of the cold, Jim? Yes. Uh, now, it's not quite as cold as where you are. You know, Tony's in Minnesota, and... Tony was telling me before the show that it was negative 24 degrees this morning out yeah. there, which is, oh my gosh. I mean, I woke up to negative eight and I didn't want to have anything to do with going outside today. So <laughs> just got into my car in the garage and and that's it. And I parked as close to my office as I could and got out of the car quickly, got in. It's just, uh, it's, it is what it is. We know this when we live in the Midwest, but yeah, we don't, we, nobody signs up for negative temperature. Well, yeah, especially here when I woke up here in Minnesota this morning and looked and saw it was negative 24 actual temperature. And they said the high today, I don't think our high is going to get over negative four will be our high or negative five. And the wind chill is in the negative 40. So at that point, there's an advisory um, to stay indoors. Uh, they say we don't recommend going outside for anything. And yeah. A lot of times cars won't run in this weather anyway, or mm -hmm. they'll struggle. So you don't want to break down or have any issues outdoors uh, traveling no. in this weather. That's for sure. But speaking of difficulties, uh, you know, we've got answers for problems uh, not relating to the cold, but uh, relating to finances. And that's what we talk about here on the show each week. And I love the topic for today's show, Jim, because... It's something that I, my wife and I can relate to, and I'm sure many of our listeners out there uh, can definitely relate to this, and that's 401ks, because uh, a lot of people have 401ks these days, uh, or 403bs, uh, retirement accounts through their employer. So uh, it's, a, it's a great topic. How do you want to start us off on this topic today, Jim? 
Well, Tony, just tell me a little bit about your understanding about traditional and Roth 401ks. So we're going to go over the ins and outs of the 401ks and hopefully give some helpful advice to people about them. Sure. Sure. And you, well, you mentioned uh, uh, traditional and Roth. Let me see if I'm right. And you tell me since you're the, you're the financial uh, guru here. Um, Roth 401ks are really rather new. Um, Roth IRAs have been around, but now you can have a Roth 401k as part of an employer plan. So the traditional 401k that my wife and I have had and most people have had for many years now, uh, the traditional 401k, they take the money out of our checks before we even see it, and it gets taken out tax-free. But when we're in retirement, we have to pay taxes on all that money and the growth. Uh, however, with a Roth 401k, uh, you have to pay tax on the money before it goes in, but once it's in, it grows and it all comes out tax-free in retirement. Is that, Am I right on that? You know, even though it's below zero outside, Tony, you're on fire this morning. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. So, nice well, yeah. And so that is very true. We're going to go over the traditional 401k as well as the Roth 401k. And as you may know, uh, with 401ks, Tony, employees are responsible for choosing the investments within the options that are offered within that particular 401k. So there's various forms of mutual funds and target date funds that they have that all have a various combination of stocks or bonds. And those who choose a, a nearer date target fund, such as like 2021, you're going to tend to have more bonds into the fund itself as opposed to stocks. And those who say have like a 2050 target date fund is going to have almost predominantly all stocks within that mix. And it should align when you choose a target date fund with your expected retirement date. Sure. So uh, 401ks, though, they have yearly caps, right, as far as how much we can contribute. Tell us about that. Okay. So the maximum that an individual can contribute in the year 2021, if you're under the age of 50, that maximum is $19,500. And those that are 50 years or older, the maximum is $26,000 that you can contribute. That larger amount that the people age 50 and older contribute is called a catch-up contribution. If you receive an employer's contribution into the mix, your maximum combined between the two, employer and employee, would be $58,000 or 100% of your salary, whichever is less. And if you're 50 years or older, the maximum employer-employee contribution combined is $64,500. And typically, most employers will contribute into their 401k, although that's not required. But what the usual arrangement is, or what I see more than anything, is the employer will contribute 50% of a person's salary up to a maximum percentage of the employee's uh, income. So for example, 50% up to 6% of a person's salary is probably the most common that we see in the United States. And it makes sense for each individual to contribute up to that maximum amount that that employer will contribute in order to get the full contribution that that employer has available to him or her. It's essentially free money, Tony. So, wow, free money. You don't want to 
<laughs> you don't want to leave that sitting on the table. So you've got to make sure you're properly managing your 401k and maximizing it. And that's a good reason to work with somebody like yourself, Jim, because you want a financial professional on your team to make sure you're not missing out. But I'm curious, Jim, if your employer offers both the traditional and Roth 401k, can you contribute to both? Yes, you can. So, however, the total contribution of the two accounts combined cannot exceed the maximum for one of the accounts. So I'd mentioned that if you're under the age of 50, the maximum is $19,500. And if you're 50 years or older, the maximum is 26,000. The maximum cannot exceed that amount for those two accounts combined. The employer contributions are only for the traditional 401k and they do not contribute into the Roth 401k. Okay. So uh, that makes sense, I guess. And, and I appreciate you explaining the difference there. So you want to make sure that you take into the, you know, take that into consideration. I mean, I think that's a critical point for anyone thinking of splitting their money between the traditional and Roth 401k. What can you tell us about taking 401k withdrawals? Then, Well, generally speaking, you do not want to take a withdrawal prior to age 59 and a half because there's penalties and the penalties can be severe. Uh, it's, so it, it's really important if you're if you're under the age of 59, set enough other money aside because there's going to be other expenses that you're going to need during your working career. But once you're 59 and a half, the rules open up for you to be able to take withdrawals and not have quite as uh, high a penalty for doing so. So make sure you have a rainy day fund set aside because one of the worst things you can do is put all of your nest egg into the 401k when you're younger and then you lack what I call liquidity, enough additional money in case of emergencies that come about. Oh, that's another good point. You want to make sure that you're contributing as much as you can to your retirement account, but at the same time, you can't contribute everything. You've also got to build up that emergency fund. So you have to have that balance. And I know that's what you help your uh, clients achieve is that good balance. But now you mentioned penalties. How hefty can those penalties be? Well, the penalties are going to be a 10% early withdrawal penalty most of the time, unless there's various circumstances that come about, such as permanent disability and some other issues that come about where they would allow you to do this without that penalty. But the other big thing is taxes. And especially if you're a high income earner, you could end up being pay, end up paying more than 50% of your withdrawal in federal taxes, not to mention state taxes. Ouch. So yeah, taxes play a big role in any type of retirement account. It seems like there's always uh, a tax consequence attached or uh, some type of uh, tax issue with these accounts, either pre-tax, post-tax. So I know there's got to be, I, obviously at some point, a person does have to make withdrawals from these accounts though, correct? That's right. And the government wants to do that because the government wants to tax you. <laughs> You know, we talked about two certainties in life, death and taxes. And I know with you, Tony, from our previous <laughs> podcast, it's death, taxes, and pizza. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough. Yeah. P death, taxes, and pizza. Those are the three certainties, Jim, in my life. That's I'm right. glad you remembered that. Yes. I will always remember that. Uh, for me, it's death, taxes, and sushi, but I can't okay. have it too often. Okay. Yeah, you and me both. So 
Uh, all right. So we have to take required minimum distributions. That's right. And uh, and we have to pay the, the, the tax man, Uncle Sam, who's not even our real uncle, I don't think. Uh, he wants that <laughs> money. So uh, that's important. Now, what are some of the pluses and minuses with the traditional and the Roth 401k? Okay. So in general, just as a general guideline, if you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, the traditional IR, the traditional 401k works best. So if you're in a higher tax bracket today, and if you're going to be or expecting to be in a lower tax bracket, that traditional 401k is going to work really well. On the flip side, if we're going to expect to be in a higher tax bracket, or if we expect taxes to significantly be raised over time, then the Roth IRA can work better for you. That's where working with a good financial services professional can really help you out by doing a financial plan for you to help you figure out what is going to be your expected tax bracket once you get into retirement. Uh, One other thing to mention here. The Roth 401k does not have an income limit. That means you can earn a unlimited amount of income and you can still contribute into a Roth 401k, but a traditional Roth IRA does. So in the year 2021, if a couple files a tax return earning more than 208000 for their adjusted gross income, uh, they cannot contribute into a Roth IRA. And for a single individual, that number is $140,000. So the ability for somebody who earns a high income to be able to start a Roth 401k can work out really well for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it all depends on your situation. Now you mentioned, are you going to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire? And I think most of our listeners immediately assume, well, yeah, I'm not going to have my working income, so I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket. However, you also mentioned, and I want to point this out, Jim, because this is a critical point when considering a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, uh, is that taxes are at an all-time low right now. Uh, People don't realize that, but really federal income tax is really at an all-time low. And we do believe they're going to go up exponentially or that they would probably have to because of the situation. That can's been kicked down the road too far, stimulus packages, et cetera, government spending out of control. So uh, you have to take that into consideration. Plus, you st- most people don't want a pay cut in retirement, so they want to build up a nest egg that will afford them that same lifestyle. So they may be in the same tax bracket and be paying higher taxes, right? Well, I've been doing this for a number of years, and I find it's all over the board, Tony. There are people that actually are going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement. Wow. And then there are people that are in the same tax bracket. I find that more the case than anything. And if we assume, therefore, that if tax rates are going to go up later on down the road, a Roth IRA looks pretty good or a Roth 401k. Sure. And then again, if we know somebody's in a very high tax bracket and we know that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket, even if the income tax code changes for the worse, definitely a traditional IRA should work. Yeah. Yeah. And so it depends on your unique situation. And that is one more reason you need to work with a trusted financial professional. Now, let's get to one of the most critical questions that I think so many people out there have when it comes to 401ks. What should a person with a 401k do when they leave their job? Okay. So this is a dilemma a lot of Americans face when they leave their their job. And there are essentially five choices to make, Tony. One is to simply withdraw the money and use it 
for whatever purpose necessary. Number two is to roll the money over to a traditional or what we call a rollover IRA. Another one is to roll that money over into a Roth IRA. Number four is to leave it with that old employer. And number five is to move it to the new employer. And there's advantages and disadvantages to doing any of these options. Well, sure. So, okay. So it looks like you've got four options there for us. Uh, when it comes to what do you do with that 401k when you leave your job? Uh, and I think our audience would really benefit if you could give us a rundown, uh, just go into a little more detail about each of these options. And it's actually five options. I, I miscounted. You gave us five options. there. Yeah. You? So, I mean, you I snuck I, one in on. I me. did. So it rollovers, <laughs> it could be done into a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. I kind of se sure. separated that. So, oh, okay. so yeah, number one is withdraw the money which is always an option that people can do, but it's generally a bad idea if you're under the age of 59 and a half, unless you're really in a bind. And keep in mind, more times than not, you're going to get that heavy 10% tax penalty right off the bat. And then Ouch. depending upon how much income you make, that's even worse because you're going to have to declare taxes on that money in that year. On There's, top of the 10%, you're also right. going to have to pay the taxes on that money you take out. If you're under 59 and a half, that's what that's right. So let's say you're in a 22% income tax bracket this year and you, you, uh, you know, quit your job, you do a rollover and you, you don't do a rollover. You have that money sent to you and you don't put it into a traditional IRA. You're going to have a 10% penalty right there plus a 22% federal tax. So the total federal tax will be 32% and that's not even counting the state taxes Oh. that you have to pay on that. Ouch. There's two different uh, ex exceptions to this rule. One is if you're permanently disabled and if you are 55 years or older, so prior to you being 59 and a half, if you separate from your employer within that same tax year, if you were to have that money just simply sent to you, there will be no 10% penalty for that year. But that's the one other exception that goes along with it. But that. you'll still pay all the taxes. Still pay taxes, just no 10% penalty. That's uh, a good point, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. You, well, you've certainly made a strong case for only withdrawing that money when you leave a job as a last resort. Uh, tell us about rollover options when we leave a job. Okay. So the first one is rolling that money over to a tr from a traditional 401k to a traditional IRA. It avoids the taxes right away, and it still gives you that tax deferral advantage. And especially for those who have, we're expecting a lower tax bracket in retirement, tax deferral is a big advantage. Now, once you roll it over to a traditional IRA, unlike the traditional 401k, you have many investment choices. And in fact, you have the universe of investment options at your disposal. Whereas when you're in a 401k, you have a limited menu of investment options in which to pick from. So, and it's also important to work with a good financial services professional to help you avoid some mistakes when rolling this money over because you do not want to have one of those nasty grams coming from the IRS <laughs> saying that you didn't roll that money over and you're going to owe X amount of dollars or the state that you're in doing the same to you. Plus, there's a big interest penalty for each year that it goes by. Undeclared. Right. Yeah. Other yeah. thing is also to roll that money from a traditional 401k into a Roth IRA, which could actually be a good decision for some. Now, the, the downside to this is you're going to owe income taxes on that year. Sure. 
but it is not going to be a 10% uh, penalty that goes along with that. So high income earners, you have to expect you're going to pay some pretty high taxes that year. But if you expect your tax bracket to be similar or higher in later years, it's probably a good move because now it's a smaller amount of money. And ideally in retirement, that nest egg is going to build up. Hopefully, if you invest that well, well, all of those gains are going to be tax free to you in retirement, which could be huge. Well, sure. Uh, Obviously, that would be huge. Now, what can you tell us about leaving your 401k with your old employer? I think people switch jobs so often now uh, or have more jobs in their careers. Uh, You know, it's you don't stay with one company anymore. You have a number of jobs uh, and a lot of people aren't thinking about their 401ks when they go from one employer to the next. Uh, What if you just leave your 401k with your old employer? Well, for one, most employers allow this. And the one other thing to note is no contributions can be added to that plan once you leave employment. Um, If you have an account balance that's relatively low, let's say under $5,000, the employer most likely is going to force you to roll that money or do something with that. Well, Jim, that sounds great. Now, what about that fifth option, moving it to the new employer? Well, you can generally move your old 401k to your new one. Uh, an advantage to it, to doing that is simplicity. You can just follow one account as opposed to a couple of different accounts. Um, no taxes are owed and allows for tax deferral of future gains until withdrawal occurs. Uh, the new plan administrator, which is the company that does your the new 401k, can generally help you in getting that done. But again, you have a limited menu of investment plans. And so if you have the option to do it more times than not, it's better just to roll it over into a traditional IRA. If you're pretty savvy on doing investing yourself, you can set up, a let's say, an E-Trade account and look at all the research and make changes to it. Or working with a good financial services professional with a traditional IRA, there's so much more you can do as opposed to having it in a 401k. Okay. So that's good. I mean, obviously we have options uh, is, is the point of all this. And, and some are better than others. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, from, from the sounds of it. Um, uh, how about, how about, uh, when you move it to your new employer, sometimes you don't have the same freedom as you would moving it to an IRA though, uh, where you would have more control. Uh, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You've got a lot more investment choices, Tony, where you can put it in. Uh, You're limited with the 401k plan with your investment choices here. And you're governed by someone else who makes the rules. And you might not have quite as much control in a 401k as you would with a traditional IRA. Well, okay, that makes that makes sense too. Now, during the show today, we're we're talking about some of the key basics of four hundred one ks and breaking them down. So, what do you have next for us, Jim? Okay, so for the remainder of the program, Tony, I'd like to discuss ways to get the most out of your four hundred one k. A couple of different ones that I've noted here is one: don't choose the fixed savings rate option. Generally, today we're in a as we know, an interest-starved world. Fixed interest rates are miserable these days. So whenever they offer these fixed savings rate, it might sound comforting to somebody who's fearful of losing money. But generally speaking, these fixed rates don't even cover normal cost of living. So the surest way to lose money is just by choosing a fixed savings rate. You might get 1%, whereas cost of living maybe 2 3% per year. 
Mm. Um, and the other thing is your employer is already contributing to the amount of money that you're putting into that plan. We talked about an employer who per se will provide you with 50% of whatever you contribute up to a maximum. Generally speaking, if you can contribute up to that full maximum, the employer's contributing essentially 50% of that. So if you really want to think in terms of what am I getting from this 401k, right off the bat, you're getting 50%. So let's say you invest in a regular mutual fund and the mutual fund has a, a bad year. Let's say it loses 20%. You're still up 30%. And in further years, assuming the market does well, if that mutual fund does well, that's how you really get growth within that 401k is look at that employer contribution as sort of a buffer so that when you have those bad years, you're still up. Uh, consider consider staying with your employer as another option until you fully vested in that 401k because that employer match, well, you can't just take the, the amount that the employer is contributing and then walk out the door with it. Generally speaking, when you first get hired on a job, the, there's a vesting schedule that goes, say, five to six years. It could be lower. It could be longer than that. But five to six years is normal. Some employers will take away all that they've contributed if you leave prior to that vesting schedule date. Some will give you a portion back each year that'll be slowly vested over time. And so each company is going to be different. But in order to get the maximum, make sure you stay with that employer. Unless, of course, the job is miserable for you and you have to leave. But if you really want to get the maximum that the 401k offers, don't choose that fixed rate. Try to stay with the employer for at least that vesting schedule. And by doing that, you're really going to maximize what the program has to offer. Well, sure. I mean, unless, you know, right away or within six months or a year, you realize, hey, this isn't the job for me or I, I, you get a huge uh, a huge uh, opportunity to go somewhere else. You've got to look at that vesting period. If you've been with the company, you know, four years and 10 months and you say, hey, uh, I'm going to leave this job and you could be fully vested in five, all the money they've contributed to your 401k, you're going to lose it. And all you'd have to do is work another few months, you know, Yeah. So and you'd get that money. So you'd be leaving free money on the table if you did that. And, and it comes down to timing, I suppose. Everybody's situation is different. If you leave a job after six months, it doesn't matter, or even a year, because that's not that much money to begin with. And, right. um, you know, it may be a better uh, situation you're leaving for as far as finances. But even if you're leaving for more money somewhere else and you've been at a company almost five or six years, that's... That's a lot to leave behind if you just stay a couple of extra months and can have that money. That's there's a huge Absolutely. difference there. Yeah. So you know, the other thing is even if you do lose that vesting schedule, there are so many advantages to a 401k. And that is every dollar you contribute is a tax break off of your normal taxes that you do at the end of the year. If you're in a 22% income tax bracket, every dollar you put in reduces your taxes by 22%. So that's a huge return right there. And combined with the employer contribution, it's really a great deal that people yeah. have. And you can contribute a lot in a 401k, up to 19,500 a year if you're under 50, 26,000 for those that are 50 years and up. And we can even move you into a lower tax bracket if you're contributing enough. And that's where it's important to get that advice from a financial services professional. And the other thing is, if you contributed enough into your traditional IRA and you lower your tax bracket, 
Well, that's where a Roth 401k would certainly make some sense into that uh, to help provide some diversity, financial flexibility, and to reduce taxes in retirement. Yeah. Well, and these are great suggestions. I mean, making sure you're taking advantage of your 401k options, it's just another great reason to work with a financial services professional, isn't it? Yeah, I agree, Tony. And a couple of other things I want to mention is avoid cashing out too early because of the 10% early withdrawal penalty, unless it's absolutely necessary. And plus, you're sacrificing potential growth in an account that we're going to most likely need in retirement for the vast majority of us. 401ks, when you invest in a fund, can lose money. But when you consider the employer contribution and the tax advantages, it really is important to stay the course, don't get jumpy, don't uh, make changes on a whim, and try to follow your risk tolerance. Do a quiz. Make sure that you're following that risk tolerance. Today, a lot of people are foregoing their risk tolerance. They're throwing a lot of their money into the hot investments right now, which are predominantly stock. But what goes around comes around. And a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of backtracking, uh, doing reactive planning as opposed to proactive planning by doing that. Other thing is have an end goal in mind. Know how much you're going to need once you retire. What's that magic number? A lot of us, a lot of us think a million dollars is the, the key to a successful retirement. And for most people, that would be. But everybody's going to be different in that regard. You know, working with that financial services professional, they can give you an idea. How much do you really need to save to make it happen for you to be able to retire and not feel anxious for doing that? And then the other thing is have a retirement income plan. Know how much approximately you're going to need to cover your daily expenses once you retire. And then also the once, the things that you want to do in retirement that you weren't able to do while you were working. Kind of have a travel plan or some other things that you want to do, a second home and so forth, so you can live comfortably. And have that time horizon or retirement date in mind as well. When you do that and you stick to that plan, your odds of success going into retire retirement are infinitely better than those who just kind of do it on a whim. Again, don't make those changes on a whim. If you're fearful of what is coming up in the stock market, maybe you didn't like the election and so forth. I can tell people doing this a number of years is that who's in Washington doesn't always mean what's going to happen to the stock market. And there's a lot of so-called experts out there who are constantly making judgments as far as what the stock market is going to do year in and year out. And I can't tell you how many times these individuals are wrong, Tony. Um, and rarely are they held to account for the predictions that they yeah. make. Yeah. So a yeah. long-term plan is way better than thinking short-term, especially when it comes to your 401k. Yeah, that's huge. Well, we're out of time for today's show, Jim. Great show. Lots of great information about 401ks. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go? Well, just to mention, if anybody's interested in giving us a call, you have questions about the topic we've talked about and plus some of our other podcasts that we've done, you can always just log on to our website, listen to our podcasts at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. That's K-R-A-M-E-R. -E and you feel free to also give us a call if you have questions, if you'd like to set up a one-on-one -on -one where we could meet in person or I use Zoom as my technology. We can meet through the computer. Number in Wisconsin is 262-729-4128. Those in Illinois, it's 815-331-8096. So enjoy talking with you today, Tony. That is yeah. another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. 
Well, it's been it's been a lot of fun, Jim, and uh, really, especially with this topic, because I think it's something that actually interests the majority of people out there. And I know that my wife and I look at our 401ks and what do we do with them? A lot of people, hey, I'm putting money into a 401k. I'm doing what I need to for retirement. But what do you do with it? You know, and uh, we'll probably go into what you do with it after you retire as well. Uh, on following shows because that's important as well. And you covered it a little bit here today, but it's so important to have a plan in place with what you're going to do, where your money is allocated. And I just think that this has been a great discussion and I know we'll have another good one next week on next week's show. So thanks for everything, Jim and listeners. And that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramer Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.